The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm so happy to be here with you. We actually missed last week. You know, that happens every now and then. I was at Vegetarian Summerfest, which is just so much fun out there in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and I lost my voice. And that's a strange time to do it because I was scheduled to give five talks. I did one, and I hope I put five talks worth of enthusiasm into it, because after that, I was literally on mute. And actually, it's kind of cool in some ways, because you're forced into silence. And some people pay big money to go off on silent retreats. And there is something very peaceful about it. But it does kind of slow you down when you want to do something like radio. But I have to tell you, I had a miraculous healing. Well, I think maybe I helped it a little bit because my husband and I both did a three-day juice cleanse. We did it through the Organic Avenue people here in New York City, and they deliver the juice, which makes it all very easy and fun. So we did that for three days, and on the third day, I was to speak at the Long Island Veg Fest, but I didn't know if I could speak. But I woke up that morning with enough of a voice that with a microphone, I knew I could say something. So this lovely young woman who was going to sub for me if I couldn't talk at all was obviously going to be there too, and I didn't want to just, you know, be like in that sitcom smash where everybody is after, you know, I want the part, I want the part. So it just seemed a lot nicer if we kind of split the time. So she was lovely about that. And, you know, I talked and then she talked. And then we were standing up there in this beautiful kind of forest at a Unitarian church out in Huntington, Long Island. And we were doing the Q&A together and I looked at, at this young woman, Christian Lajunas, and I knew at that minute I was cured. It was the strangest thing. You know how usually you get well from something kind of slowly and gradually? This was just like standing there with her, the virus died. And I was fine and my voice was full. It was really interesting. So I told her that she should be a psychic healer, but she doesn't want to be a psychic healer because she is doing so many other fascinating things. The main one is that she's just completed a two-year trip across the United States, dining in every single vegan restaurant 
in the country. And she's finishing up with a few more here in New York City. And we'll have a great big old blowout party on Thursday, August 22nd in New York, which is a benefit for the Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary. So if you want to read about what it's like to go around the country eating vegan food for two years, check out her website, WTFveganfood.com. That stands for Will Travel for Veganfood.com. Uh, and if you're in the New York City area, come to the party. I'm going to be there, and lots of the Main Street Vegan Academy people will be there, and we are just going to have tons of fun. Now, interestingly enough, that day on the radio show, August 22nd, is also the day that one of the people who was supposed to be on last week when we had to cancel the show will be our special guest, and that is Kathy Stevens from the Catskill Animal Sanctuary. She's written a couple of wonderful books, and she's just very, very dedicated and knowledgeable about all the animal stuff. And then later on in the fall, the other guest from last week, Michael Schwartz from Treeline Cheese, will be back. So nothing is ever lost here at Main Street Vegan Radio. So my Charles Fillmore quote for the week. Charles Fillmore for new listeners is the founder of Unity, the sponsoring organization of this very radio show. And way back in 1910, the vegetarian Mr. Fillmore wrote, the master on the spiritual plane is not a slave driver. He must love every creature. His love must flow forth in protecting streams when any creature is in danger of violence or destruction. He must recognize all life as God's life. Thus, he cannot in any way sanction the killing of animals for food, nor can he give passive assent by eating the flesh of those slain by the hands of ignorant man. Thank you, Mr. Fillmore. So today, it's hot in New York City. We're having a heat wave, and I always used to say that we don't get summer in New York because I compared it to Kansas City, where I've spent most of my life. And now I'm learning from Jeff, our wonderful engineer out there in a suburb of Kansas City, that it's 86 degrees there, and it's nearly 100 here in New York City. So Don't know what all that means. I was talking to a woman on the subway today, and I said, gosh, if you think about what's happening to the climate, it's really kind of scary. And she gave me the most beautiful smile, and she said, then let's just not think about it. Let's just enjoy life. And I thought, oh, that is so cool, an easygoing person. I've never quite had the easygoing gene. When my husband met my mom for the first time, And he asked what I was like as a little girl. My mother said, oh, she never was a little girl. And I think that means that I always took things very seriously. But one thing that happens as you get older is you kind of calm down a little bit and don't have to take things quite so seriously. But, you know, some things are serious and some things are important. So I just want to tell you real quickly before our wonderful guests for today join us, that this morning I went to my favorite part of Manhattan Island, and that is Soho, which is south of Houston. So that's kind of south of Greenwich Village and down there in the downtown area, but north of the Wall Street area, north of the Ground Zero area, just to get the geography for those of you who don't hang out around here much. But Soho is really, really beautiful. It has this old architecture and brick streets. In fact, I have a a photograph of a street in Soho as the screensaver on my phone. So every time I call somebody, I'm taken to my favorite part of the island. But it's all very fashiony down there. So I went to get a haircut And usually I just go straight from the gym and don't think about dressing up. And today I thought, you know what? I'm going to this place where everybody's all fashion-y. So why don't I dress up? And you know, I had the best time. So I'm interested in hearing from you. Do you get more inspiration when you're dressed up? I seem to. And I also felt inspired, maybe because I was dressed up, to go into the Stella McCartney store Now, she's a designer designer. I know you guys know her. She's a vegan, and she does beautiful vegan bags and shoes as well as lovely clothing. Way, way out of my price range. But it was so much fun to go in there 
and be reminded of my early adolescence as a Beatles fan. When the Beatles came to America and I was a kid, it changed my whole life. And I knew that I wanted to write. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write about the Beatles. And you know, it actually happened. I got into my first Beatles press conference when I was 14 years old. And when I was 17, Paul McCartney bought me a drink. This is the absolute God's truth at a little club in London called Bag of Nails. I had met one of their managers and he said, oh, there's someone I'd like you to meet. And he led me back through this dark, dark club and in this dark corner, there is Paul McCartney. And oh my gosh, I was just practically speechless. But he said, hello, Vicky. And I thought, I could die now. I have lived this fabulous life. And then when I look back all those years and think of all the fabulousness that has happened between 17 and now, I just feel very, very blessed. My vision is a world in which all creatures are respected and none have to suffer suffer at the hands of us. So that's a lot to keep uh, living and working toward. So right after these announcements, we're going to have one fabulous guest after another. We actually have a change in the lineup today. It was announced that I would be speaking with Alex Pacheco of 600 Million Dogs. Unfortunately, there was a death in Alex's family. The Main Street Vegan family is sending condolences to him, and we will reschedule him. But instead, we have the great, wonderful gift of Ellen Jaffe Jones. You know her from Eat Vegan on $4 a day, but now she has another fabulous book called Kitchen Divided about what you do if if your, your spouse or your roommate or your kids eat differently from you. And speaking of eating, our second guest is going to be Chef Jay Astafa. He is 20 years old, and he is setting the culinary world on fire with his fabulous vegan cuisine. So stay with us, and we'll be talking to all those great people, and we'll be talking to you, too, if you want to give us a call at 888-558-6489. We'll be back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so honored and pleased to have Ellen Jaffe Jones on the line. She's the best-selling author of Eat Vegan on $4 a day. And her brand-new sparkling book, Kitchen Divided, 
vegan dishes for semi-vegan households. Hey, Ellen, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Oh, heavens, I'm glad to hear it. Now, speaking of you're doing great, you absolutely amaze me. We are close to the same age, and you are out there running track like a teenager. Catch (laughs) us up on that. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, next week I will be competing in the National Senior Games. You only have to be 50 to do that, and uh, I just turned 60, so I'm the youngest in my age group, so I want to get this out of my system, but I'm currently third in state in the 200, 400, and 1500 meters, and fourth in state in the 100 meters, and my 100 meter time is only six seconds slower than personal records of girls listed in the University of Southern California Track and Field Media Guide. So, yeah. So, are you a jock? Were you like this from childhood? Not at all. I hated to run. In fact, I couldn't do a 20-minute mile to save my life in grade school. I just, of course, I grew up in the Midwest, as you did, and you know how hot and humid it can be there. And I actually live in Florida now, so I, most of the time, run either on the beach, which is really challenging for the muscles, or there, and there's always a breeze. So I'll be running at the track tonight, right in the middle of a Florida summer, and it just doesn't bother me. I actually also placed in my 54th 5K race. Uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for my age group. It was called the Run Through Hell (laughs) because you don't find a lot of races in Florida during the summertime. But, you know, I started doing it just kind of on a whim. And then I realized in my age group, which is 60 to 64, a lot of people are, are dropping out, I think, because of arthritis that is caused by eating a lot of meat and dairy, which causes joint inflammation. Wow. So what came first for you, vegan or running? Actually, they both really came together about the same year. It was the year my sister got breast cancer for the second time, and my mom, aunt, and both sisters would go on to have breast cancer, which really started opening up my eyes. And then um, about the same year, I had almost died of a colon blockage and just started reading. And I began on a macrobiotic diet, which eventually morphed to vegetarian and then vegan. But for the better part of 32 years, I've been doing this just to try and run away from disease, both figuratively and literally. But what it also seems to me is that in running away from disease, we run towards this not exactly agelessness. I mean, obviously, you know, you get older, things happen, but it's, it's very slow. Are you noticing that? Slow as far as how you age? How you age. I mean, this, you say you're, you're 60, I'm 63. I never in a million years thought that this would be 63. I didn't think 50 would be like this. I thought maybe 42 would be like this in terms of how I feel and my energy level and my BMI and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's astonishing. And there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about my genes. But I just find that I'm aging differently from people in my family and from a lot of the people that I know. I think that's really true. Uh, I've also read a lot of running books just because I want to be educated. I eventually became a certified personal trainer as well as a running coach just for the education. But I learned in that process that running and any kind of aerobic exercise, if you do it extensively, can help slow the aging process. But I also feel that eating foods that are so full of energy and life as opposed to meat that is dead and rotting um, gives you so much energy. I mean, it's almost this magical combination. And that's really why I keep doing it is because I just feel good. And living here in Florida, you see, you go to a restaurant, you see people hooked up to oxygen machines and, and just on the beach, it's a total education about what is in store if you don't take care of yourself. Mm. So do you think you're exceptional? I mean, people can go to the gym and walk on a treadmill for half an hour, but I mean, what you're doing is something that a lot of people half your age wouldn't attempt. Well, because I have also coached or helped coach uh, high school girls cross country and track, I do know that I uh, there was a newspaper article done here locally called Keeping Up with the Kids, and, and I know that I'm different. <laughs> 
because there are many kids who can't keep up with me in terms of running. But on the other hand, I just feel like if you have this combination of eating a plant-based diet, you get so much energy, it's it's truly uh, a gift. And I think if people knew how much you could get from it, that they would just run away from their doctors and say, well, maybe I'll give this a try, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to tell people not to go to their doctors, but I also say blood tests never lie. Yeah. And you're right, I feel like I'm 40, and people often are blown away when I tell them what my age is. Right, which is fun. I love this running away theme. Have you thought about writing a book called yeah. Running Away from Illness? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of books in my head. In fact, a friend of mine said, when you have about seven books you want to write, you're ready to write one. And I said that to my publisher, and she said, we want all seven. And we're on track right now to do two more after after this one, after Kitchen. Oh, that's lovely. And one of them will be uh, fitness-related because I just don't see on the national scene. First of all, running in the national senior games, I've looked at the roster. I don't recognize any names of any vegans that I know. And I'm only one of six sprinters from Florida that's even going to the national games. So I'm hoping that some of the vegan press will pick up on some of this because I don't see a lot of women runners, period, on the national scene, let alone people at my age. And I do think from that standpoint, since I worked uh, in television news, that that's kind of unusual. So from that perspective, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. I just love how different people are showing different aspects of how wonderful this way of life can be for us, as well as for the animals and the planet and all the rest. So speaking of all your seven books that you want to write, let's talk about the one that you did just (laughs) write, Kitchen Divided. Tell us about that. Well, when I started speaking around the country about my first book, Eat Vegan on $4 a Day, I wrote in that book, it's more important to have somebody who loves you than a clone at the dinner table. And when I mentioned that, I just offhandedly started asking the question, how many of you live in a mixed marriage where one of you is veg and the other is not? And there were all these groans and people rolling their eyes in the back of their head. And I thought, you know, I must be on to something here. So I started doing some research and putting some ideas together. And my publisher said, you know, I don't think anybody's really addressed this, especially in the form of a recipe book. So let's do it. And so in addition to the recipes, I have rituals and routines that can help keep peace, how to set priorities. Um, And in addition to classifying the recipes in a way that makes it easy for you so you don't feel like you're a short order cook. And what I found is so many people have to deal with this, if not in their own household, even in their extended family and how to, or, or relationships and how to deal with that, uh, trying to help other people not proselytize, but to just kind of be there as a great shining example of what living a vegan lifestyle can actually mean. Do you have any experience with this? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And I... It's interesting. I've posted on Facebook about this, and some people, and I think typically it's hard to say, but I think they're younger. They will say things like, oh, I would never even go out with a vegan, uh, with somebody who was not vegan, or uh, I wouldn't tolerate anybody in my house who wasn't vegan. And I think the older you get, especially if you met your partner or you had relationships with people in a different phase and this wasn't a priority, um, it's challenging. So the answer to your question is yes, I have. And if you've ever, another way I answer this is if you've ever been in a bad marriage, you know how you have to set lists of priorities and what kinds of things are important to you. And you can only control how you react. You can't really control how another person behaves or what, what their priorities are. And I know plenty of men in particular who have said over the years, not only to me but in other relationships, I would sooner die than give up my steak. And there are so many alternative uh, faux meats and even uh, shrimp now. It's just amazing what's out there. So you can incorporate these foods into your way of eating. And I think what else is also happening out there is that I've noticed that 
there are so many new vegans that often they do this by themselves or after their own epiphany, and then they realize that people in their family or their friends aren't this way, and how are they going to deal with that? And so I try and offer, from my own experience as well as others, I posted this out on Facebook about a year ago and have been asking people for various ideas and how they cope, and a lot of people are in the same situation. Oh, yeah. I I was dating my husband when he still ate meat. And that was because I had dated a lot of vegans and vegetarians. And I just had not found anybody who was right. I... (laughs) Not in the in the lines of that boy's not right, but you know what I mean? They just weren't right for me. And I thought, well, maybe if I kind of opened up the pool a little bit. Now, I was fortunate enough that my husband did go vegetarian, but it took him until one year ago when he read Main Street Vegan to go absolutely completely vegan because, you know, wow. the pizza thing kind of held, held him. So I love that you're offering this for people. So what's your plan? Is it mostly that it's a main dish for a vegan as a side dish for a non-vegan, or how how do you work that? That is definitely one way uh, I've organized the recipes, but I also have a whole group of other recipes that are called hearty dishes even a meat eater will love. Or there's another category called flex dishes where it's the main dish for the vegan and if the meat eater wants to throw in whatever they want to, uh, that's fine. Or they can go barbecue outside or whatever they want to do. But those recipes are uh, designed so that the uh, food preparer, whoever he or she is, doesn't feel like a short order cook. And where the resentment builds is when the person who's preparing and chopping for the food feels like they have to do two separate menu plans. And so all of these recipes are designed to simplify that and keep it as easy and fast and convenient as possible and cheap as well. I just got a note from our our engineer. He says, I love how you refer to vegan and non-vegan people. <laughs> You go to the meat eaters. You know, that is interesting. I think like any other group, we do have our jargon and terminology. (laughs) Well, it's broadcasting. you got to come up with a quick phrase, right? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. I think when I ate meat, I didn't think of myself as a meat eater. I thought of myself as normal. And now, I guess I still feel very normal, but I do think of myself as a vegan because I guess, you know, that's a a minority thing. And I guess when you're a minority, particularly a a minority by choice, that that is something that you identify with. So tell us some of the recipes in the book. What are some that you use in your own house and work really well? Well, one that I really like, and we've just done a series of videos, so I've had an opportunity to test these recipes on the the, the video crew. (laughs) And uh, so some of the more popular ones were uh, mushrooms and lentils and phyllo. And this was a recipe my kids really liked, but it was made with eggs as the... um, the glue to keep it together, and so my recipe calls for energy egg replacer, which which wasn't around when I started doing this. So there are all kinds of little ingredients like that that can help make these recipes um, come together for you in a simple and an easy way. Another one that's real popular is the quinoa paella. If you don't want to use the quinoa, you can substitute any other grain, but that calls for carrots and peppers and onions and garlic and turmeric or saffron, um, and using vegan chicken if you want to do that. Again, some people go, ooh, I don't want to eat processed foods. But again, the, the vegan chicken that's out there is really tasty, especially the Gardein line I've tasted. Um, you can use the Tofurky line if you want to use that to throw in. And uh, this also calls for vegan um, turkey or kielbasa if you want to use that. Again, don't have to. And this recipe also calls for the vegan prawns or shrimp. And Sophie's Kitchen, I think, makes that line, and there may be some others by now, but I have tasted all of those, and they work very well in that recipe. And then it also calls for throwing in some peas. And then there are some basic recipes that are 
flexible, like tacos, overstuffed tacos, which calls for corn tortillas. I like sprouted ones. The refried beans, an avocado, a mango, which really sweetens it up nicely. Romaine sliced. Uh, other greens, if you want to add them, green onions, red onions, sprouts, olives, salsa, cilantro. Ooh. So that's a pretty basic recipe, but, you know, again, the meat eater can throw on whatever he or she wants to do, and then the vegan is at peace without having to deal with his or her stuff too much. That is, then, that is, go ahead. Then um, the last one was nothing fishy ceviche. And again, incorporating the vegan shrimp, tomatoes, lime juice, red bell pepper, onion, celery, cilantro, parsley, garlic, lemon juice, and Ooh. lime, and an avocado. Well, you just named about a half dozen of my favorite edibles. So this sounds good, even though my kitchen isn't divided. I can hardly wait for my copy to arrive. It should so, any day. <laughs> great. So very quickly here in our last minute or two... We had talked earlier about the many aspects of this whole sort of vegan world. And obviously there's a culinary aspect and there's a health aspect. There's the animal rights aspect. But there seem to be some people who don't really care about the health part of it at all. And obviously you care about that a lot. What do you have to say about that? big concern is, you know, you eat whatever you want to eat as long as I don't have to pay for your health problems. And I believe that everything I have looked at, I was a cooking instructor for the Cancer Project for six years before I did this, and everything I've seen suggests that healthcare in this country is not sustainable, that going forward 20, 30 years down the line, it really is going to be a battle for survival of the fittest. Because I don't think we can continue to pay, especially in the final months of life, which is when most of our health care dollars are going to work, to pay for these preventable diseases. And I don't know who will be president at the time who will have to just lay down the law and say, we can't pay for this anymore, folks. So you better improve your health because that's the only choice we have. So whether you're vegan or not, it, it really doesn't matter. You have to look at this, I believe, from a healthcare standpoint of who pays for it. Not to mention, if you have kids and grandkids, you know, my parents were so sick and diseased by the time I had kids, they couldn't lift them, let alone babysit them. So I think if you are focused on friends and family and feeling good as you age, it's really about that and how do you want to feel. I mean, it, it feels great to eat a, I guess, it, I haven't done it in years, but, you know, a sugar-laden donut. I remember when I used to eat unhealthy foods like that, and I would feel good at the moment, but then I would just feel awful within hours as the blood sugar crashed. And I think we really have to ask some tough questions. Well, how do you want I to feel? Where do you want to be? Well, I want to feel fabulous, and I don't mind survival of the fittest unless it means that I have to go against you in a race. <laughs> then, then that would not be good. Ellen, bless your heart. Ellen Jaffe Jones, the book is Kitchen Divided, Vegan Dishes for Semi-Vegan Households. Tell us your Twitter and Facebook real quick. I am on, mostly I'm on Facebook at Eat Vegan on $4 a day or Ellen Jaffe Jones or Ellen Jaffe Jones on Twitter as well. You're all over the place. Thank you so much. Happy running. Show me your medals you, next time we're in I the will. same city. Okay. okay. Thanks right. so much, Thank everybody. So much. All the best. Stay with us and we will be back with Jay Astafa, Vegan Chef Wunderkind. are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hello, lovely listeners. Thank you for staying with us for our next fabulous guest. You'll be so happy that you did. I will be speaking in this segment with Jay Astafa. I don't think, Jay, I have ever witnessed anybody get as well-known, as rapidly as you have. Certainly here in New York City, you are totally the culinary buzz, and it's just so great that we have found you for 21 minutes to have some time with us today. Thanks so much for joining us on Main Street Vegan Radio. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Victoria. Well, it's wonderful. And if anybody would like to speak with Jay, our call-in number is 888-558-6489. Now, Jay, you grew up in a famous New York restaurant family, but not a vegan restaurant family. So what caused you to go vegan? It's like my, my dad had a restaurant, uh, Three Brothers Pizza Cafe. He opened that in 2007. So, like, I became vegetarian shortly after that, after watching a pita video. So, like, I watched, I think it was Meet Your Meat. And then when I saw that, like, I just couldn't eat meat. And I really made the connection that meat comes from an animal, and I couldn't do it. And then after a couple months later, I decided to give up dairy and eggs. So I just became fully vegan. So you were what, about 13? I was about uh, 15 when I became vegan and 14 when I became vegetarian. Okay. That's a good time to start then, stuff. Yeah. And going vegan actually inspired me to become a chef before I was an aspiring actor. I was like an actor from like, I was an inspiring actor from like when I was 10 to 15. Then when I became vegan, I decided I wanted to become a vegan chef. Well, you know, it's good to have an acting background these days to be a chef because yeah, the definitely. chef world and, and the entertainment world have just so, so combined. So tell us what you're up to right now. I just see you everywhere. You've got things going on all over the place. So what's exciting? So right now I'm working on opening a vegan restaurant, a vegan fine dining restaurant called Jay Kitchen. I'm planning on opening that probably next year in 2014. And I'm also catering the Will Travel for Vegan Food Party next month. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, we talked about that earlier on. I hope everybody that's in this area can show up, although I've heard the tickets are already half sold out. So yeah, people... Kristen sold about like 60% of the tickets so far as of yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wonderful. So anybody in New York, if you want to taste Jay's food, go to WTFVeganFood.com. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you did a pop-up restaurant. So I want to know about yours, but I also want to know about this whole pop-up restaurant phenomenon. Until two years ago, I had never heard of a pop-up anything except maybe toaster. So what's the deal with pop-up restaurants? Yeah, so basically like a pop-up restaurant, it's like a temporary restaurant. And when I did it back in April, I just did it for like a two-day restaurant, and I made an eight-course tasting menu for people. And I had like 86 people a night we served, and it was really, it was a really big success. So, so I, I, the pop-up restaurant, I did like as a preview of my concept that I'm planning on opening. So that's the reason why I did a pop-up restaurant. Ah, uh, so is that what, why most people do it to just introduce their food to the world? Yeah, that's what I did, and that's why I did, and I think that's why most people do it, just to introduce their food to people. Yeah, well, and it's yeah, very... I'm planning another one next month too. Like at Sweet Three Hundred Six, I'm doing a dinner there. August. Wonderful. 6th. Yeah. Well, and it's really fun because I think so often part of the excitement of being in on something is you were there when it happened. Like I know last night was the uh, all-star game and somebody that I follow on Twitter was there and, and posted a picture. And I'm not really a sports fan, but I can really understand why you would want to be at a particular event that's only happening at this time. And that's kind of how I feel about this pop-up restaurant phenomenon. It's like you've only yeah, got two only days. Happened once, yeah, it only happened once and then it's all over. Yeah. Oh, it went fun. really fast, but it was a really great time. 
Now, I know that your your family restaurant, uh, if, if anybody's interested in looking at the menu there, it's Three Brothers Pizza Cafe Farmingdale.com. So not only a restaurant family, a pizza family can, in all honesty, vegan pizza compete? I would say definitely. Now, if you would ask me that question a couple of years ago, like I would say no. But now with like, the new day of mozzarella cheese, like vegan pizza is amazing. And that's why I started Vegan Pizza, because back in 2009, I heard about the day of mozzarella cheese. And at that time, my dad only had like a regular pizzeria. So I'm like, why not just add that vegan cheese to the pizza and veganize the pizza? So. Do you find that just regular consumers are ordering the vegan pizza? Yeah, like at the Farmina location, about 60% of like the restaurant sales are vegan. Really? Yes. And we're all the way in Farmingdale in the middle of like... In- Long Island, so and we get people coming from all over, like Brooklyn, Manhattan is really popular. It's a destination oh. restaurant. Uh huh. Well, that is fascinating because I know that some people choose to eat vegan because they just think it's a healthier choice. But sixty percent—that really surprises me. That's exciting. Yeah, especially on Long Island because, like, the vegan options on Long Island are really slim. Like when I started, like there was nothing out there. And that's why I decided to just create a vegan menu for people on Long Island. It was mostly for me in the beginning because I had nowhere to eat on Long Island. So that's why (laughs) I created like a full menu there. Well, I think some of the best stuff that's going on is people just look out into the world and say, okay, where's the need? That's how Leanne Hilgart started Vote Couture. So many things had already happened in the vegan world, but wait a minute, nobody has done dress winter coats. I'll do that. And now she has. And, and has uh, votes. Yeah, our coats are amazing because, like, it's Aren't so they? hard to find, like, a cruelty-free coat out there, like a winter coat that's really warm. So it's really amazing what she's done. Yeah, it is. So you've got this cult following as a chef. Do you have groupies? Like, we have people who are regulars <laughs> who come all the time at the Three Brothers Pizza Cafe. So it's really great, like, all the following we have. That, and that's people from, like, all over, not just Long Island. So, so you're young. And you've done what I think a lot of people a lot older are still trying to do. So what's the secret for for any chef, vegan or otherwise, to catch the mood of the moment? What does a chef have to do to make people swoon? I really think you have to have passion. Like for me, I'm really passionate about vegan cooking, like showing people that vegan eating is amazing. That's like why I'm a vegan chef, like as a way of activism, showing people that you can have cruelty-free meals that don't harm any animals. So that's why I'm a vegan chef. So what are the things that you most like to prepare? I really love making vegan cheese. Like I culture my cheeses. I make them with cashews and rejuvelac and I culture them. I make an aged cashew cheese, cashew parmesan. And like cooking, making cheese for people who are new to vegan, that's like one of my favorite things to serve to them because people think like vegans can't have cheese. But like once they taste these cheeses, and I, I gave these cheeses to people who aren't vegan, and they're always amazed, like how it can be dairy-free and have no milk in it. It's all vegan. That sounds just delicious. I remember years of pining for cheese, <laughs> and we don't have to yeah, pine. Now, yeah, and this year now, 2013, like so many different options are coming out. Like back when I became vegan in 2007, there, were, there weren't a lot of options, but like now... There's so many options. There's new cookbooks that show you how to make cheese. Like it's really great. I think 2013 is like the year of vegan cheese. Yeah, I think was it some big food writer said that. that yeah, I think like some people have been saying. I've been saying it too since January because like so many vegan cheeses are coming out. I think yes. Veg New said that too. 2013 is the year of vegan cheese. Yeah. Well, it, it's there's really nothing nothing to give up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to give up anything. I, so I think anything just, you want to create, you can create a vegan. So yes. You make it vegan. So I want to ask you something that I asked our last guest, Ellen Jaffe Jones. Veganism has so many aspects. We've got cuisine and ethics and health and the environment and fashion. And I'm sure there are other parts I'm just not thinking of. But sometimes these, these aspects kind of conflict. So how do you incorporate some of the health principles like low oil or lots of raw or lots of colorful veggies or, or whatever seems important to you into your food? Or do you not even worry about that? 
like for me as a vegan chef, I try to eat like everything and I also try to eat like a varied diet. So like I don't, I also do like a lot of raw foods in the morning, like juices. I just try to eat everything as long as it's healthy. And most vegan food is healthy. Where do you come down on the oil thing? You know, some people are just like, no oil. Oh, I have no problem using oil, especially like a really good quality extra virgin olive oil. I have no problem using oil or fat. Yeah. Well, I don't either. And that comes from me from being Italian. You know, there's just something. Mm-hmm. Olive oil is, is a sacrament. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. one of my favorite ingredients. Yeah, and cashews, too, to make yeah, the dairy-free cheese. Yeah. People that are, are not used to raw cashews, you know, they've only had the roasted kind, I don't really know what they taste like or how versatile they are. You can make milk and cream and gravy and white sauce. I, I mean, they're pretty amazing. I also amazing. make like ice cream out of cashews. Like basically, so anything non-dairy dairy that has dairy, you can make with cashews. Cashew you- cream, I make a really good cashew cream alfredo. That's really good. Oh, wow. That sounds good. How do you make ice I make cream? A, the ice cream I make with cashew cream, and then I put, like, agave nectar, and I just put it in an ice cream maker. And it comes just like non-dairy, regular ice cream. It's really good, nice and creamy. And the cashews wow. give that creamy taste that dairy would get to an ice cream. Yes, yes. So what advice would you give to vegan chefs out there all over the country who want to do what you're doing? Just never give up and just keep learning. Like, I'm always learning every single day. I keep learning about, like, the new techniques. I'm really into, like, modern techniques. And I really want to show people, like, that vegan eating is amazing. So what do you mean by just modern techniques? The like, stuff I use a lot of, like, child like, didn't know? <laughs> yeah, like, molecular gastronomy techniques. I, like, I make, like, a caviar out of a technique called purification. And, like, you don't see those techniques in vegan restaurants in New York City. So that's what I want with Day Kitchen, to have a restaurant, like, that's not out there yet. Hmm. That is exciting stuff. So when you talk about your, your restaurant is going to be about fine dining, what's your definition of that? Well, for me, like fine dining, Jake Kitchen is going to be like all about the food, gourmet food, not necessarily going to have like, it's not going to have like white tablecloths, all about really gourmet ingredients. And I'm also like targeting like foodies, like people who are not necessarily vegan. I want to show them like you can have an amazing gourmet meal that doesn't harm any animals. And, and like, certain- I think, like, targeting foodies is really important because they control, like, the New York City food scene. So, like, if they like your restaurant, then it's a really good thing for veganism. This is true. Do you have a location? I don't have a location right now, so I'm just currently searching for a location. Well, I would so probably, like to yeah. put in a bid for Uptown because in New York City, the vegan food tends to be downtown and tends to be in the East Village. And I am up here in Harlem where you know the Red Rooster is just going crazy with the regular conventional foodie crowd. I mean, lines around the block, you can't get into that place. It is so popular. And I just feel like if there was more whole food veganness up here, you would just get a whole lot of good karma and a lot of great business. Plus, our rents are still low. Just a suggestion. Yeah. I'm currently looking like in the West Village area, like downtown. But I know like yeah. uptown, the Upper East Side has a couple of vegan restaurants like Candle 79. I go there regularly. That's really nice. Too. Yeah. Well, West Village is good too because that's, uh, that's easy for us West Siders to get to. So but did you gotta... I want to target like foodies, like people who aren't vegan. Yes. Show them like you can have an amazing dinner without harming so animals. Did, did you go to culinary school or is this all self and family taught? Well, I started out being self-taught. Like, when I first became vegan, like, I had no idea, like, how to cook anything. And when I became vegetarian, I felt like the only thing, like, vegetarians eat was only salads. But, like, after research, I got cookbooks. I started teaching myself how to cook. And then in 2011, I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute here in Manhattan. So you have covered all the bases. But I think you have the genes, too. I took a raw chef course once. And what I learned, in addition to how to fix some food is that the people who really get it, they can open a crisper and see a buffet. And I open the crisper and see the one ingredient that the recipe calls for that we don't have. (laughs) And that taught me. That's why people go to restaurants 
to enjoy the food prepared by people who have this extra something that those of us who are just fine, I mean, I'm a fine food preparer for my husband and people who come over, but there's that special something that you have and that the great chefs have that I believe is inborn. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, and it's also like important as like a home chef too. Like sometimes like you don't, you don't necessarily have to follow like strictly the recipe, like put your own twist in it. That's what I recommend to people to put your own like creative spin on the recipe. Well, I think that's what scares people that, that don't have that particular gift. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's what scared me originally too. Like when I first started, I would usually like just follow the recipe. Then, But once you like take away the recipe and put your own creative spin, then you come up with so many different creations. Yeah. Well, today when I got my hair cut, my hairdresser was telling me that her husband is French. So whenever they make plain air popped popcorn, they put some truffle oil on it. <laughs> and that oh, it yeah. Just truffle makes- oil is amazing. Yeah. And their little boy wanted to have a popcorn selling stand. So his mom was, you know, making the popcorn and all. And then he goes to the shelf and gets his truffle oil that's incredibly expensive and starts pouring it over the popcorn that he's going to sell. And she's like, no, no, for what you sell, just salt. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely an ingredient, but sometimes it tends to be like overused at restaurants. I try to limit it, not use it in like too many things. I see. Yeah. So... If people want to catch up with you, and certainly if you're interested in, you know, what's new and what's hot and who's going to be way famous really soon, you'll want to go to facebook.com slash jastafa, and you spell that A-S-T-A-F like fabulous A, and on Twitter, he is jastafa. So we can all stay connected. So what's the most exciting thing that you're looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to, like, next month, Kristen's party, the Will Travel for Vegan Food. I have a really awesome, like, summer-inspired menu with, like, things like fried cauliflower with blue potato salad, watermelon tartare. I'm really cre- I created a nice menu for that event. Ooh. You said watermelon tartare? Yeah, that's going to be watermelon cooked sous vide. And it has, it's going to get, like, a tartare, kind of like a raw fish kind of texture to it. My goodness. You see, this is why you're a chef and I'm just somebody who eats. So what's what's on the horizon? The restaurant and then are you going to do a recipe book or what's your plan? I'm planning, like, after I get, like, the restaurant open, I'm planning on doing, like, a cookbook. And then I also want to do, like, a small-scale, like, vegan cheese company. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, because I we have will- a really awesome like cashew parmesan that I want to distribute and put it and for people to have it everywhere. Wow. Well, if you need any taste testers on that, I don't think you'll have to look far for takers. So yeah. thank you so much, Jay. Thanks for taking time out of your whirlwind life to spend some time with us, everybody. Thank if you. you. Find Jay. Look for him on Facebook, Jay Astafa, on Twitter, Jay Astafa. And uh, onward and upward. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you at the party. Okay. Bye, Jay. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, I get so excited by people who are excited. You know that Thoreau quote that most men live lives of quiet desperation? Something seems to happen. When you go vegan and probably when you do all kinds of things that make you feel like you're really doing something great for the world, something great for others, something great for your health, you just get this this degree of enthusiasm. And the Unity people listening will know that enthusiasm comes from the Greek on theos, this divine within. It's pretty exciting stuff. Today when I was out, I was inspired about my next book. I've been working on it for a while because I know there's interest from my current publisher and I'm excited. There's no happier time for me than writing a book. I love being pregnant and I love writing and they're kind of (laughs) similar because something wonderful is going to happen. And I was just sitting there today and I know what I want to do and I've got my title My title is Graceful, and it's going to be about 
eating and living in such a way that that phrase about aging gracefully no longer means we'll basically just put up with it. There's nothing you can do about it and have it really be about grace and gracefulness and how to live young forever. Why not forever? There was a woman at one of my talks and she was saying, I'm 89. What do you know about aging? And I thought, you know what? She's 89 and I don't know anything about aging. But when I was 40, I was also interested in aging. And so I, I think I'm, I'm qualified. So I'm excited about that. So let me just give you a quick rundown on what is coming up. And then I will say goodbye. Ooh, next week, we have a couple of vegan bodybuilders. So tune in. We're going to have Giacomo Marchese and Sarah Beth Edge talking about how you can bulk up or slim down eating those veggies. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? 
Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.